0: Welcome to the Branches Podcast. Following the lead of Jesus, we seek to embrace people regardless of their background or their present ground in the hope they find holy ground. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about the reckless love of Jesus or our community of faith, please visit our website at branchesoc.com. Did you hear what happened last week in Germany? There was a recycle bin And in the recycle bin, there was this amazing treasure. But nobody knew it. They thought it was just a piece of trash, which is why it was in the recycling bin. It turns out that this businessman uh, was traveling from Germany to Tel Aviv. And he had this surrealistic painting from a French artist worth over $300,000. And for some crazy reason, he got caught up in things and forgot that. I don't know how you forget, how you misplace it but he flew all the way to Tel Aviv. And by the time he got there, then he had to call and try to find this. They couldn't find it. Uh, He had one of his relatives fly over there that was in Europe. And they opened up an investigation and found this treasure in the trash. Can you imagine being the person that found it? Or like me, immediately in your head, you're thinking, ooh, what if I'd found it? The problem is is I wouldn't be able to recognize that it was worth anything. I've seen the painting. It's not that impressive, but yet it had this great value. It didn't appear like it on the surface. Why do these stories always seem to resonate with us? Why is it that we hear stories like this and it draws our attention? Because we're always seeking value. It's what we do. The problem is, is that we need to know what is valuable and what is not, because our view of what is really valuable is so often skewed. So here's my question. What is your goal for this next year? What is your ambition? What is it that you are seeking? What is it that you really want to happen? Or maybe it's not want, but what are you putting your energy into, your focus? your strength, your mind, your soul, your heart. Because there's a chance that what you are really pursuing isn't nearly that valuable. Jesus knows how he's created us. And so he shares this story with the intent of us being able to attain that which has real value. So here's the story, or here's the parable that Jesus shares. Again, this kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. So like us, this merchant is seeking value. And he knows what it looks like when he finds it. And so Jesus is saying that the kingdom of God is like a merchant. Us, who is seeking something of great value. And when he finds it, he sells everything to get it. Now, when we hear about pearls, we need to understand that at Jesus' time, pearls were their diamonds. The most valuable thing on earth. That's how they looked at it. And in fact, Cleopatra, in their economy, she had a renowned pearl that they valued at that time worth $4 billion, billion with a b b b b b dollars in today's money. Now, we don't have any pearls that we consider that valuable, but at that time, pearls were everything so when they hear this story of a merchant looking for a pearl they look at it with different eyes and so this pearl merchant he sees value where others don't Jesus is saying that we like this merchant need to be able to sharpen ourselves so that we can see something of great value when it comes along when we can see the real pearls that are valuable and here's the other thing about this story, is that Jesus says the merchant went immediately and sold everything. You don't do it halfway. You can't put this life, that's what the pearl is. It's this life that Jesus is offering us. You can't put it on layaway. You can't do it incrementally. You know what, I'm gonna do a little bit here now, I'm gonna give a little bit up, and then a little bit, and a little bit, because then you can never really have the pearl. You give it all away, you surrender everything, and you pursue this because it's worth it. And when we unconditionally surrender, then you get to see God's presence consistently. And what happens is is there's this fearlessness that enters into our life because we know we have nothing of value to lose because we have that which we cannot lose. We have this full, abundant life that God has offered us. And so fear and anxiety and anger begins to fade into the background. And so when difficulty comes, when those things that we've been holding on to, that we have officially surrendered, but they're still part of our life because we've gotta be stewards of it. We have to be stewards of our health. We have to be stewards of our finances. We have to be stewards of our relationships. And when those are threatened, we're gonna be sad. When I got really sick, it wasn't like, oh, this is okay. No, I was still bummed. But I didn't have to worry about fear. Maybe right now you're in a tough financial situation. So many of us are. Maybe you're in danger of losing your job or your business. That's never going to be a yay situation. But, because you have that which is truly valuable, you're not afraid. The anxiety begins to fade away because you can live fearlessly because you've got nothing to lose. So this decision to surrender everything is a decision of choosing that which is really valuable. Instead of holding on to all of these trinkets You put the trinkets to the side and you seize with both hands, with your entire life, you seize this pearl of great price. You seize on to God. And you say, you know what? You created me. I belong to you. So I surrender myself back to you. I belong to you because I believe that is the most valuable thing I can do for me. Be selfish with it. God is saying, look, this merchant was seeking value. I'm showing you value. Have the eyes to see it. Have the courage to sacrifice those things that aren't nearly as valuable. And it's worth it. If you were to ask me, is this worth $500? My first question would be what? Because right now at this moment, I don't have $500. I can get it, but I don't have it liquid. So if you told me, hey, is it worth $500? My first question would be what? What are you talking about? If you said, hey, I've got this stapler. No, I'm good. (laughs) I don't need it. But if you told me I could get a brand new truck, I kind of love trucks. If you told me I could get a brand new truck for $500, I'd say, give me 10 minutes because I'll find a way. When you see what God is offering you, when you have eyes to see value, when you seek it, like Jesus says the merchant does, then you'll get rid of that $500 or whatever it is in your life to seize it. So here's my question. What are your ambitions for this year? 2021. What is it deep down that you really want to happen outside of you, inside of you? What is it that you hunger for, that you're willing to sacrifice almost anything for. Because make sure that you haven't skewed what is really valuable. Because God has huge plans for you and I in 2021. These plans, this this goal that God has for us is so much more important than maybe the small Little cottage of a life that you have planned. And I use that phrasing, cottage of a life, because of this quote from C.S. Lewis. He's, He's addressing how too often we try to build these cute little cottages of a life when God has something so much bigger planned for us. Here's what he says. He says, imagine yourself as a living house. God comes in to rebuild that house. At first, perhaps, you can understand what he is doing. He's getting the drains right, and he's stopping the leaks in the roof, and so on. And you knew that those jobs needed doing. And so you're not surprised. But presently, he starts knocking the house about in a way that hurts abominably and does not seem to make any sense. What on earth is he up to? The explanation is that he is building quite a different house from the one you thought of throwing out a new wing here, putting on an extra floor there, running up towers, making courtyards. You thought you were being made into a decent little cottage, but he's building a palace because he intends to come and live in it himself. That is the life that we should be hungering for for 2021, one in which we're completely surrendered and we say, God, come into my life. Make it what it needs to be. This is your home. This is your temple. Do what needs to be done. Don't just try to make what I had planned, fixing a few things here and there. Like, I'm scared, because I don't know what you're going to do, but I trust you. Here it is. Maybe some of your little cottages for this year, maybe it's, hey, if COVID is gone, then everything's going to be fine. No, it's not. When COVID leaves... It's gonna be better, but it's not gonna be nearly as valuable as you think because all the other distractions are gonna come back. The economy recovers, or as so often we do in the new year, what if I lose weight? Then things would be great. Or if I get this certification, or if I get this degree, or if I get that relationship, or if I lose that relationship before I get pregnant, or if I get that house, or if that check comes in, or if this sickness disappears, if my disease washes away, if this deadline is met, if my children acquire this, those are little cottages of ambition. But God has a palace planned for us, something larger than we could ever imagine. But we need to set aside these small ambitions so that the real life can come. And the problem is that most of us would like this kingdom and then we'd like to add on, add on these other little things. Seek and grasp and hold on to this life that God is offering us here in 2021. He offers it to us every day, but it's just a great time to step back, look at the year and be honest with what we're seeking and step back and say, is this really valuable? Is this really what I should be seeking? Or is there a chance that there's something right in front of me that God is, is offering me and I'm settling? I'll close with this one story because I think it really well, I just love the story. Uh, in February 1986, there was a guy named uh, Roy Wetstein, and he had one of these moments of finding this pearl. See because he, he was a gem broker. Which is another way to say uh, he looked for rocks that were valuable. And so he had to travel uh, to Arizona for this rock show. I didn't know they had shows with rocks and stones. And his his kids said, hey, daddy. And they gave him like five bucks each and said, can you go pick us up a rock? Yeah, sure. So he goes over there and, and he finds at this show this Tupperware filled with rocks or um, and these these rocks were agates. Now, an agate rock is one where you crack it open and you go, "Ooh, look inside!" It's like a typical. It's not that expensive. In fact, on the box it said, "Hey, any rock, fifteen bucks." So he looked in and he saw this one it was like potato size, about this big. He's like, "How much is um? How much is this one?" Ah, fifteen, y'all. They're know, fifteen. Like I said, you know what? I'll give it to you for 10. So he talks the guy down from 15 to 10, but here's the deal. He was a merchant of rocks, and he knew the real value because what it was was a sapphire. And they're still debating the value of it. That's not important. It was way more valuable than 15 bucks. And so he grabs this sapphire which is considered by many to be the largest sapphire ever found. And so he takes it and he, he can't contain himself till he gets outside because he realizes that he found something valuable and it only really cost him 10 bucks. And so this next year, make sure you're not searching for agates. Search for that which is valuable. Surf, search for the sapphire. Father, give us eyes to see. Help us to look at all that you've given us and to see that which is really valuable. Lord, show us what it means to seize you, to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and what it is to love our neighbor as ourself. Show us the real life. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.